Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Deliverances, to see God set his people free. And is it okay if I speak a little bit Pentecostal today? Because, you know, I'm sensing God staring it up in me. And, you know, yes, we need to be justice-driven, we need to be mercy-driven, we need to be uh, people-caring, but also as a church, we constantly need to go back to our roots. The early church, the Book of Acts church, was a church that was filled with power. Amen? And so this... 29, this awesome story, and if you have your Bibles with you, or you can look it up on the screen possibly as well, that's the new the new generation. <laughs> Alright, so Matthew 12, 22 to 29 says this, then they brought Jesus, a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. And all the people were astonished and said, could this be the son of David? Just quick pause there. It wasn't literally David's son that they're talking about, right? They were actually talking about um, the, the messianic term for the guy that was supposed to come. The prophecies through Isaiah and all the other prophets would prophesy that Israel will get a Messiah, somebody to save them from their oppression. And when they saw Jesus set this demon-possessed man free, they wondered, could this be that Messiah that everybody is talking about? The next verse then says, But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, It's only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? Verse 28, But if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry (coughs) off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder his house. Okay, all sorts of stuff going on there. First we're talking about healing and deliverance, then we're talking about strong men. What's going on? Well, today today I want to share with you about God's power to deliver people. God's still in the business of deliverance. We may not talk about it so much in church, But can I tell you, it was a big part of the early church, and it was a massive part of Jesus' ministry. Jesus is so passionate about your freedom. God is so passionate about your personal freedom. Galatians 5.1 puts it this way. It is for freedom that Christ has come to set you free. You want to know why Christ came? It was for your personal deliverance and freedom. And all of us need it. All of us here have areas in our life that are bound, that are addicted, that are oppressed, that are uh, heavy. And today I want you to know that the power of God is here to actually set you free. And that's his greatest passion. 
You know, there's that scripture in Exodus where Moses was trying to run away from his past and run away from the oppression of Israel, and he finds himself in a desert all by himself, and God comes up to him, and God says, I've got a plan for you, Moses. I'm sending you back to Egypt to set my people free. And Moses is like, no, 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 God, I've moved on now. I've got a great life. I've got sheep. I've got wife, I've got kids, I've moved on from the oppression of the past. And God says, you may have moved on, but I haven't. I haven't moved on. I see my people, I hear their cries, and I move with compassion. Someone's got to set them free, and that someone's going to be you. God goes, no, I haven't moved on. It is for freedom that Christ has come to set us free. That's his whole passion. I remember many years ago, I sat in a service, before we planted our church, and that's probably about 11 years ago, I sat in a service just before planting at Pastor Ken Lee's church in Nations. And he had just planted his church. And so Sharon and I, we sat in the front, and we were trying to learn, see how they do things, and you know, uh, uh, and, and, and learn from the master back then. And uh, Pastor Ken Lee had this prophet come, and he starts to prophesy over Ken and Chrissy and says, Ken and Chrissy, your church, I see this church growing quickly. And I see people coming from all over, coming and getting saved and salvation and joy. And the house of God is just going to be full and it's going to be amazing. And I remember sitting there going, yay, I like this prophet. <laughs> Prophesy on me. Hello, Mr. Prophet. I'm over here. Speak to me. I didn't say that. But inside of me, I want a prophetic word. I, I don't even wear, I wear my prophetic shirt. Now you know, wear a fluorescent color or something really, really bright when a prophet comes to go, you there with the fluoro shiny shirt on. Yeah. But I sat there and God, I want a prophetic word. And he turned from pre, uh, prophesying over Ken and Christian and said, John and Sharon, let me tell you about your church. I see a church and a ministry where God is going to bring the bound and the addicted, the prisoner, the broken. And they're going to come to your church and they're going to find freedom. And everyone's like, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. If you keep going with that wow, like inside, I'm going, that's a sucky word. <laughs> Boo! I want it's, you know, salvation and joy and being bound, addicted, prisoners, broken. Keep that for yourself. Keep that to lift Lord Jesus. <laughs> But you know what? Over the years, I've found out how precious and powerful that is. Whenever you see a bound person set free, it is so beautiful. It is so amazing. What a high calling. And here's what we need to understand, that God is passionate about the bound and the tormented. And he wants to see them set free. You know, if you've ever seen somebody get set free, whether it's quite dramatic or it's always confronting. It's always confronting because it makes you realize that this is not a game. That this church thing that we do is not just a religious duty to appease our husband or our wife or our parents, but this is real. There is a spiritual war going on that we can't see. And there is angels and there are demons and there is a war going above our life. And we need to realize that it affects here on earth. And every time you see deliverance, every time you see the power of God setting people free from demonic oppression, it should make you go, wow, this is so real. This is so beautiful. And this 
is so powerful. And we see that in this particular story. Here is a good man who's been bound by a nasty demon. He's been bound by some sort of spiritual oppression to the point where he cannot speak. And Jesus comes and with no fanfare, casts out the demon. And this guy starts to speak again all of a sudden. And everyone's like, wow, that is absolutely amazing. That's absolutely amazing. But the Pharisees, they see this and they go, no, 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 that's not God. That's not God. That's the devil. And I love what Jesus does. He doesn't even need to hear them speak. He goes straight into their heart. He goes straight into their heart and goes, ah, the devil is it. If you ever saw a government fight against itself, it will not stand. If you ever saw a marriage where husband and wife fight against itself, it will not stand. If you ever saw a nation in civil war when they fight against itself, it will not stand. Nothing that fights against itself can stand. But can I tell you, why would then the devil, knowing this, do that against his own kingdom? If the devil fought against its own kingdom, it will not stand. And if this is then not the devil, now, there's only two forces in this war. Something amazing is in your presence right now. He said, the kingdom of God has come to you. Isn't that powerful? Verse 28, I think it is. What's my mind? Anyway, somewhere. He says, and the kingdom of God has come to you. And he's saying, listen, I just want you to know the kingdom of God is not up there so far that you can't reach or you can't feel his presence. You need to know that God's presence has come down to earth and is now right here for you. He's here for you. You don't have to reach and strive and strain. It's not about someday, one day, the Messiah will come. You and I need to know that God is already here. He's already ready to move and to touch and to heal and to deliver. So powerful. And then he says something a, a little bit crazy or something a little bit different. He uses this analogy of a strong man in verse 29. He says, or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man, then he can plunder his house? And we go, hold on a second. We go from deliverance and healing all of the strong man. What is Jesus trying to say? So I'm going to ask my strong man. Andre, would you come up here? Andre is pretty fit, but yeah, would you give Andre a big round of applause? Andre, how many push-ups can you do? Uh, on a good day, probably 30 push-ups. 30 in one shot. Would you like to see Andre and his push-ups? <laughs> Andre, give us five. Jump up on the stage here. I just want I can do five, so I just want to see if you're stronger than me. Jump on the ground, give me five push-ups oh, on, the, on the stage. You ready? Count him down, folks. Ready? One, five, two, four. three, four, five. Keep going. Six, seven, eight. On a good day, nine, ten, eleven. Today's a brilliant day. Twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. On a bad day and a good day. On any day, I can do fun. 
So let's just say Andre is stronger than me because of his ability. If Andre was to come into my life and take what is rightfully mine, just take my uh, iPad. You know, I am powerless because he's a strong man, because he's stronger than me. I am powerless to take what is rightfully mine back off him. Every attempt I do to take back what is mine, because he's stronger, he has authority over me. He has the full right to walk in, take what he wants, steal, kill, and destroy. And I am powerless. Even though it is my right, even though it is my inheritance, a strong man is stronger than the weak man. And Jesus says, listen, the only way you can get back from the strong man what rightfully belongs to you is if a stronger man comes into the picture and comes on your side. See, I may be weak, but a strong man is proudly wearing his Centerpoint College t-shirt. If a stronger man comes on the scene, the strong man has to go, or the stronger man will kick him off. <laughs> Would you give them a big round of applause? So what's this got to do? Jesus says, I want you to know a stronger man has come. I want you to know that a stronger man has come on the scene. You want to ask about how I did this healing and how I did that deliverance? They're all going, but we've never seen healing like this before. We've never seen deliverance like this before. We've never seen authority like this before. Absolutely. Because in the past, the only one that had authority and power was the strong man. But today, with this deliverance, is the declaration that a stronger man than the enemy has come and has defeated the works of the enemy in your life. Come on, praise God. Praise God. A stronger man than your addictions has come on scene. A stronger man than your diseases has come on scene. A stronger man than your mental oppression and depression has come on scene. A stronger man than your insecurities, your shame, your guilt, your condemnation has come on scene. And if you will open up to that stronger man, everything that was stolen from you, will be restored. Everything that was stolen from you can be fully restored. That's what he was saying. For those of us who don't understand this whole strong man at home, he's saying, hey, listen, I'm flexing my spiritual muscles right now when I cast that demon out of that person. Stretching, flexing my spiritual muscles stronger man has come. Philippians chapter 2, 9 and 11. says, Therefore God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place and gave Jesus the name that is above every name. Here's the bit I love. Are you ready? That at the name of Jesus. 
Every strong man's knee should bow in heaven, <coughs> on earth, oh, by the way, even under the earth. That's, yeah. that's every, every realm. Yeah. Every single realm. Every single angelic, demonic force. Every single human force. And every single force from the past, the death. Even death could not hold him down. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. A stronger man has come. A stronger man. What does this mean for you? Your addictions have got to bow the knee to a stronger man. If, if you open up to him. If you open up to the to God, and then your insecurities have to bow the knees. Every single thing will bow the knee. Here's the thing that constantly challenges me as the musos come and help me. Just maybe um, uh, Ernie on the keys, please. This one constantly challenges me. Um, that not only are we called to be delivered and be set free, but Jesus then says, hey, listen, I'm now going to fill you with my spirit so that you can be freeing agents for others. I love that. It's not just about us getting our deliverance this morning, but did you know that the same power that raised Christ from the dead actually lives in you? And now you and I, whilst getting free, can also go about setting other people free. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus calls his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal, this is the word I want you to underline, every disease and sickness. What? He goes, I've got the authority. I've proven to you that a stronger man has come. I've shown you time and time again. Now, Disciple, I'm giving you the authority. I'm giving you the authority. I'm giving you the authority. Not only receive this freedom yourself, but now go and become freedom makers. Go and set the community free. Go to the Red Frogs thing, make pancakes, and set them free. And be God's witness. And heal. And deliver. And pray for the sick. Go to your workplace and be a good employee. And deliver your whole workforce. Go home, look after your kids, become a good mother and father and deliver your children from every work of the enemy. Go. I'm sending you. I love what Luke chapter 10, 17 says. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. You see, when Jesus gave them the authority, they were like, cool, yeah, yeah, but they didn't understand it until they used it. Hey, what? We've now got power from heaven to set people's lives free. This is amazing. They were so full of joy, they couldn't believe it. Some of you here, as I'm preaching and saying, God's given you authority, you go, I don't believe it, but you know what, as you step out, God's going to show signs and wonders through your ministry. He's going to deliver people through you. But you might 
be here and saying, hey, Joel, how can I even set someone else free when my life is so much of this? How can I, how can I be God's delivering power but I'm so bound up in so many areas that I haven't even shared with people that stuff is going on in my life that no one knows about. Surely you're talking about the person that has got all this stuff together. Can I tell you that God wants to use you while he delivers you. God wants to use you while he delivers you. You see, if you got your stuff together and you went out and started making uh, others free, you might get caught up in this thought that you are the one making it happen. And so God says, no, 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 no. Throughout this earthly existence, you're going to be dealing with stuff. But if you would then step out and trust me, I'm going to flow through you even while I'm healing you, even while I'm delivering you. I shared with you earlier on that I had a brain tumor two years ago, and the recovery of that has been long. I still have a few issues physically um, that are affecting my everyday life. But you know, every single week, every single day, in fact, we have opportunities to pray for the sick. And I remember when I was recovering and I was in so much pain, how conflicted I was. I prayed for my own healing for so long, and I'm still working through it, God. And you want me now to pray for somebody else who needs healing? Is that hypocritical? And I'm like, because of course it's not. It's not you in the first place. It's not your power that heals. It's not your life that determines how great God is. No, no, no. You just say, yes, God. And you pray for people. And in the journey, God's going to heal you while you're healing others. God's going to deliver you while delivering others. If you say yes to him, if you open your life to his power, if you open your life to his spirit, then fresh deliverance can flow out through you. James chapter 4 Verse 7, I'm going to close with this scripture. Gives us a step-by-step account on how to outwork deliverance in our personal life. It's not rocket science. It's actually really, really simple. It says this, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Here's the two steps to getting personal deliverance. Are you ready? Number one, Submit to God. Submission is a voluntary cooperation and surrender to the Lordship of Christ. It's actually saying, God, I voluntarily cooperate with you and I surrender. If you want deliverance in a particular area of your life, then you need to surrender that area to the Lord. You can go, God, I give you 90% of my life. And in those areas, you will have freedom. But the area that you hold on to is the area that you will be bound. But if you today choose, God, I want to surrender that one particular area, my sexuality, my finances, my past, my marital relationship, unforgiveness, my relationship with my father or mother, whatever it is, if you choose to bring that one area where there is bondage in your life, If you choose to surrender that to God this morning, freedom can come. Here's the second thing. It says resist the devil. 
What does that mean? It means to say, devil, today I make you my enemy. Where in the past maybe we partnered together, today I'm going to choose to oppose you. I'm going to choose to set up a wall against us. I'm going to choose to cut off that friendship and that relationship, even that that, that partnership that says, you know what, everybody does it, so it doesn't matter. Oh, it's not that bad. Or that justification of sin. Today, I'm going to submit to God and His Word and His plan for my life, and I'm going to resist you. I'm going to oppose you. I'm going to say, you are not my friend. Devil, not today. It finishes now. When you submit to God and you resist the devil, the byproduct is that the devil will flee from you. He must flee from you. He cannot stand. He no longer has authority because you've submitted to a stronger man. And when the stronger man comes on the scene, every other strong man has to flee from you. Has to. You want deliverance? Submit that area to God. Resist the devil and that chain will be broken off your life. You want deliverance? Then it starts with a voluntary submission. Resistance and freedom comes. When I was young, about 14 years old, my brother was in the army. He's 19 at that age. Stronger than me, thick. And he used to wrestle me on his bed just because he could beat me up. And uh, I remember one particular day, he, you know, he was on top of me and really, really uh, just punching me and wrestling as, as brothers do. I slipped my hand out almost by accident, but I'd like to say it was because of my wrestling skill. <laughs> and I went, clock, and smacked him across the head. It was just an accident. But I just remember that moment. There was such a sound against his face. And he was shocked because we were just wrestling and all of a sudden it's just gotten serious. And I knew I probably had a millisecond. I probably had a millisecond to live. And so in his shock and in his pain, I just threw him off me and I ran. <laughs> he came too quickly. He jumped out and he chased after me. I remember I was only 14. I knew. I'm working it all out. He's faster than me. He's stronger than me. And he's in pain. And I caused it. <laughs> I am a dead man in seconds. Until... I saw my lovely Indian mother <laughs> making some curry in the kitchen. Immediately, I submitted to her authority. <laughs> I voluntarily surrendered. I came under her covering, and instantly the devil had to <laughs> I'd like to say it was spiritual revelation of the 14-year-old boy. But it's funny, when a stronger man comes, every authority has to lose their grip. Would you stand in this place, church? The presence of God is here this morning. Can I ask you, in what area do you need freedom? In what area do you need breakthrough? 
just for a moment, close your eyes and just ask God, Father, what area do I need a deliverance? What area is there addiction and oppression, shame, guilt, controlling my life? Today, I want freedom. Father, if it is for freedom that Christ has come to set us free, then I want freedom. I don't want part freedom. I want full freedom. I want chains broken off my life. I want bondages broken off my family. I want oppression broken off my mind. I want, Lord God, freedom. Father, I desire the freedom that only Christ can bring. You said where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Right now, the Spirit of God is here and hovering and moving. Father, I declare that today the kingdom of God is near and that the kingdom of God is here to set us free. Come on, if you need freedom in an area of your life, would you just in your own words invite Him? Would you just in your own words say, Lord Jesus, come. Lord Jesus, come. Lord Jesus, come. I need you. I need you right now. Come, Lord Jesus, into this area. I want to open up to you. I want to voluntarily surrender this area. I don't know how to. Lord, I put up with it for such a long time. And now I even believe it's a part of my life. But I know that you're speaking to me today. And I want to surrender. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, I want to come under you. Lord, I need your freedom. Lord, I want to surrender to you. Lord, set me free. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.